Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that may have broken up with you, but it's not quite clear. I'm Alex. At night, we close our eyes, perchance to dream, but what happens when darkness turns that dream into an American nightmare? Well, that's Riverdale, bro. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. And you are listening to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast for the CW's Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale? What's the Riverdale about we that? We got a Riverdale for you. Oh, boy. Breakups, breakups, breakups. They're <laughs> special now, today. Act now. Uh, we are going to be talking about Chapter 50, American Dreams, the latest episode of Riverdale. Lots to talk about. So Big much. episode of the show. Very excited to chat about it. Uh, we're doing this one a little Real quick, late. can you just, can you tell me a small episode of the show, Alex? You said this sure. is a big one. Like, like a nice, simple, yeah. one-line Riverdale. Like, what's There's a chill ep- Riverdale? There was uh, Chapter 35, Archie Goes to the Grocery Store. That was pretty simple. Well, no, there there were uh, there was a mass. Uh, there were several deaths in that episode. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, a yeti, I believe, showed up. Showed up. Right, a yeti showed up. Uh, they got involved in uh, all of the flour in the store was drugs. They were trying mm-hmm. to make a cake. I remember that. Yeah, uh, that was not a good episode. But this was a good episode. 
So let's talk about it. Let's talk about everything that went down. But before we do, we're going to recap everything that happened so far. All 49 episodes of Riverdale before this. So let's get into it. Uh, Lots of stuff happened. Uh, First of all, let's start with Cheryl and Tony the preeminent LGBTQ plus couple in town. They had moved Sh- into Shoney each other. Shoney Chopas. Uh, they had moved in with each other, but things had hit the rocks a little bit because Cheryl gifted Tony a uh, gang, as one does. As you do, that's the first anniversary is the gang anniversary. Right. Second anniversary is the candy drugs anniversary. Mm. Uh, and then the third anniversary is the getting attacked by a bear anniversary. Yep. That's the, my yep. favorite one. <laughs> uh, so they had moved in together, but things had uh, hit the rocks a little bit, unfortunately, for the couple. Uh, they had disagreed about how to handle the gang, I think, so that's the short way of putting it. Uh, so that's what's going on with them. Also probably important to mention, uh, very briefly, they were cat burglars a couple of episodes back. Uh, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, with some other characters of the show, Archie has started dating Josie. She doesn't show up at all, so don't even worry about that. Aww. But Archie has also been embroiled in a game of Griffin's Gargoyles, which is a evil role-playing game. He hasn't actually played the game, but he's been tricked into this role called the Red Paladin. And so far, several times, people have tried to kill the Red Paladin because of cards that say, kill the Red Paladin. It is funny uh, to think that Archie's never played this game, and he's like, wait, <laughs> what? Why is every? What the fuck is this? Why is everybody trying to kill me? I have a permanent brand on my, yeah. my uh, hip. It would be like walking along in the street and people are constantly shooting you with paintballs and like, got you, bro. Yeah, you're yeah, out. I'm not playing this paintball. What is <laughs> yeah, this I'm paintball? not in this. Stop hitting me. Uh, so regardless, though, he is the Red Paladin. He's been threatened with death a couple of times, including the last episode by a small boy who tried to stab him. Uh, that oh, whole part of the game, as we find out a lot more about this episode, was engineered by Hiram Lodge, Veronica Lodge's father. Now, Veronica is dealing with a lot of financial issues due to putting a little bit too much money and a little bit uh, of effort, let's say, into her bar, Le Bon Nuit. She works there with Reggie Mantle, who's her sort of boyfriend. We find out sort of not boyfriend this episode. Sort of like like sexual intern. (laughs) In a lot of ways. Is there any other kind? Let's be honest. Oh, come on, man. That's that's bad office environment, Alex. Yeah, Alex. I mean, listen. I'm going to report you to HR. Your intern's a cat, I believe. Right? Yes, my intern's a cat. My other intern is Pete. So, and Pete is also HR. Yep. Wow. Small Easy office. to get cut. <laughs> Small office. So, uh, she's been hooking up with Reggie. Uh, Reggie sold, well, didn't sell his car, gave his car up to Gladys Jones, who is Jughead Jones's returned mother. Gladys Jones has been taking over the Fizzle Rocks. Dealing in town, that's the candy drugs that have been going around. Jughead does not know about this, but Veronica does. And Veronica is very much in hock, both to her dad, Hiram, as well as Gladys. She's been slowly working her way out of that by building up the casino business at La Bonne Nuit. Meanwhile, Gladys, it seems, is trying to establish a pretty normal home life with her daughter, Jellybean. And her husband, who she never got divorced from, FP. Uh, FP is now the sheriff of Riverdale. He's trying to go straight after being a gang member and suspected murderer for years before that. And uh, what else do you need to know? FP has been um, uh, dating and hooking up with uh, Alice Cooper 
um, for quite some time. They're uh, a sort of lost love from their childhood. Right. And Alice sold the Cooper house last episode in order to just move into the farm, her cult that she's super into. We actually don't get a lot about the farm this episode, which was kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> also, yes, Ke- Pete? Kevin is uh, really into the farm now. Yeah. Also not important for this episode. He just kind of shows up. Well, um, it's, it's a kind of important. He shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really holding the flame for Kevin. Original Spe- Kevin stat over here. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, speaking of fire, uh, Betty also burned down a sort of a couple allegedly, a wall. allegedly, allegedly. What, what are you, yeah. her lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I should mention beyond uh, HR, the intern. He is also the lawyer for our company. Pete LePage, attorney at law. <laughs> Horrible oh, idea. Where'd you get your law degree? Well, so lots of stuff going on, lots to talk about. So I think we should jump right into it. Justin, you want to walk us through this episode? Obviously, we start in a huge place with more eggs. Well, well, holding on, back up the truck. <laughs> That's literally the first, the beginning is Wait, more sorry. eggs. When you say back up the truck, do you mean the egg truck? So yeah. We could get back up the egg truck. Back up the egg. Back up the egg truck to Riverdale because these people are eating. A million eggs. Uh, Jughead is writing again. That's the start of the episode. Okay? No, I think the start of the episode is that Gladys figured out how to cook bacon properly. I know we all agreed that a nice crispy bacon is the way that to go. That was some crispy Thank bacon. You. It was that nice was cr- crispy bacon. Honestly, honestly it, might be the, it might be the same pieces she started cooking a couple episodes ago, <laughs> and she just finally, they're ready. Yeah, she finally got through to them. Thank you for agreeing with me, though, that those were undercooked several episodes back. No, they were just right. I, honestly, uh, though, the, the ones in the episode were a little undercooked. It's just yeah. you go too far. Oh, I do not. The, yep. you, you could water ski on the bacon you eat, my friend. <laughs> That's fine. If you water ski it, then you can see it, is what my dad always said. And I never yeah. got that until just now. That's wow. a classic bacon-eating catchphrase. <laughs> so, yeah, we have the whole Jones family together. Uh, it's a super sweet scene to see them. It's nice seeing Jughead watch his mom and dad be together. Um, I think all F Palace feelings aside, Gladys and FP have good chemistry together. It's very sweet. And a lot of the episode, which was an interesting choice, an interesting way to go, because we haven't really delved into this a whole lot, was about FP's feelings. Like, I feel like throughout the series, he hasn't necessarily been a schemer, but he's clearly, he's been this gang leader. He's been the guy who's been not afraid to take on crime or anything like that. But see him be earnest and in a weird way, actually, because he's earnest, not pick up on things was kind of a fascinating way to go with the character. How how did you guys feel about him in this episode? I thought he was, uh, it was really powerful, especially when he was rolling in the car with Jughead, some really like emotional moments for FP. He had a great episode. Yeah. Wait, Alex, are you pushing for glad P? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not pushing for glad P. I'm, I'm F palace. I think, yeah, I, I Glad, Glad P is built on a lot. Yeah, Glad P is built on a lot, and I think it makes sense how FP acts in this episode. I love Gina Gershon. I think she's a fantastic addition to the show. Yeah. But I do think if there is any couple that is endgame on Riverdale, and I, I doubt there is really any endgame for anybody, it's oh, F Palace. No, no, no. No, great. no, no. no uh, it is Jughead and Betty. Endgame. Yeah. No, well, here's Bughead the thing. Is I, not going. You think Bughead's going to, no matter what happens, 
at some point, Bughead is on the rocks, broken nope. up. No way, bro. You think that, Bughead is a yo, unbroken line? Yo, keep drinking line? that weird Kool-Aid you're drinking, all right? <laughs> that matches your shirt, all right? Yeah, don't, That's don't, right. yeah. And say, hey, brother, it's not Kool-Aid. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, wait, what is it? Fresh li- juice? Liquid fizzle rock. Fizzle oh, rocks. Boy. It's just hey, it a is, big yeah, glass of fizzle rocks. Um, no, I think, like, any of the teen couples on the show, anything could happen at any point. Most of the adult couples on the show, it's a little bit up in the air what could happen with them. But the way that F Palace is written, there's just this push and pull where they're always going to end up back together. You know? I mean, well, let's get to it. Like, um, this, so we find out that Gladys is the anonymous buyer of the of the Cooper household. Oh, yeah, that she was made, crazy. She made an all-cash offer online, which I was very suspicious of from a real estate perspective. Uh, how, yeah, how can you make all-cash online? That doesn't make eBay, any sense. eBay, man. You eBay a house. You've never eBayed a house? Yeah. No, yeah, no. I, don't, I bought I don't a zoo. I eBayed cash. a house. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin, man, Matt Damon, total cottage industry of films that he's working on. It's pretty nice. Uh, but, yeah, you could totally – you can do an all-cash offer on a house. I think that's a reasonable thing to right, do. Right, but then you would have to show up with all cash. You know, like you can't buy something online. That means it's not using cash. No, I just mail money in envelopes to Amazon. What do you Yeah, or you uh, – what I do is I take the cash and I, I stuff it into my DVD drive and it gets to the people somehow. I don't know. Yeah, it gets to the people. And yeah. let's just say, shout out to Alex for really sticking to the DVD as his main form of entertainment. <laughs> I have a uh, Blu-rays, Falcon. it's just, it's too much. You can see too much on the Blu-rays. No thanks. Yeah, I don't cool. want to see you, that. You should get the internet, dude. Uh, Give me less definition. So uh, we get a confrontation between um, the Jones clan and uh, Betty and Alice as they're uh, sort of moving out. And we see F Palace in sharp relief. Uh, just like you can, you can feel the love between them. So I agree with you, Alex. I think our uh, final couple is as F Palace. It was a kind of heartbreaking when Alice Cooper like contru- confronted FP and was like, "I thought we had something," and he's like, "No, my wife's back. Shut up. Get away from me." That is not what he said at all. That scene, nah, I love much that. What he said. No, Great that's one hundred percent not what he he's said. Like, my wife's back. I can't do this no more. Uh, this is, by the way, why you didn't get the role of FP. I just want to mention uh, Pete went yeah. out for it a bunch of times. It was between him and Skeet Aldrich. Ultimately, I said, I need you here as my lawyer, intern, uh, doctor. Uh, you can't do this role. So that's kind of my fault. But also your acting was bad. Dude, I have amazing accent range. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's jump ahead to that scene since well, we are talking about it. Rochester so... to Syracuse. You can that's do right. Both. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You should see your resume, by the way, I love the bottom part where it says "can do," and then you list every uh, town in upstate New York as the accents. That's true. Pretty I nice. do, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, skilled in nunchucks. <laughs> yeah. So FP and Alice are talking. Alice comes to the sheriff's office to confront him, and she straight up says, "Do you love her?" And he says, "She's my wife." We're still married. It's complicated. And then she says, do you love me? And he pauses, and you can see he almost wants to say yes. But then he says, it doesn't matter anymore. And I loved how that scene was written. By the way, Alex, what I said and what you said, same thing. No, 100% not the same thing. Definitely not. basically recapped what I just said. Oh, my God. That was ice cold of FP. But he's doing that because he, he is in love. Uh, with the idea of being this family man. He's gone yeah. straight. He's the sheriff of town. He wants to, like, have this family. But what he doesn't know is that he has a real-life serpent in his midst 
when it comes to Gladys Jones. That's true. Ooh. Also, uh, uh, Justin is right. Uh, he was cold. He could have been a little nicer. He could have been a little bit more open with her because uh, she opened up to him and he just shut it down. It's I also interesting how- that it's also interesting that um, FP seems to be, be the only thing that keeps Alice out of the farm uh, brainwash. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was because I was like, if FP doesn't help her, she's farm life all all day. Well, this is why I think we're definitely going to see Gladys for most of the rest of the season. Um, I think they're going to be working together. I think they're going to go through a lot of push and pull there. But clearly, she is an addition to the show for potentially long term. I would love to see her even next season. But I think we're going to see FP rescue Alice by the end of the season. And I feel pretty confident in saying we're finally actually going to get an F Palace kiss by the end. Like, they've never kissed the entire show i think we're gonna get that like i think that's what things are building towards they've done some other stuff yeah they've they've kissed on other parts oh yeah. my god this is getting weird uh, <laughs> let's follow the uh let's follow gladys a little bit since um a lot of the episode was about uh finding out what her actual deal is um jughead's starting to hear rumors about what gladys is actually up to he confronts her and she's like no i am here for family i love you guys would you mind speaking at your father's 50th birthday party? And you're you the can, writer. She butters him up, man. Yeah. She's like, you're the writer of the family. You can, oh, yeah. full of shit. That Jughead, I've read your 2,000-page novel. <laughs> it, it's great. Yeah. I I actually felt she was kind of genuine there. Oh, I love a sucker. No, yeah, don't get caught up. You yeah, don't. Here, here's what I think is becoming clear. I believed everything everybody was saying at all points of this episode. All of the characters were telling 100% the truth, and I thought oh, it was you're, lovely. You're a ridiculous person. That's yeah. definitely the way to watch this. You really archied up this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Like, well, everyone's telling think- me the truth. Yes, I really felt like like I love the moment of Jughead at the end of that saying, wow, thanks, mom. But really, really, mom? Yeah. And then yeah. she laughed. And I took that laugh to be like, uh, yeah, of course, I'm doing some other stuff. But with you, I'm being straight up like I legitimately no, no, do that think laugh was ha ha. You know me so well. I'm totally yes. lying to your face. And well, she's doing other stuff and she's doing illegal stuff. But I, I think. Versus FP, who has the emotional tools to actually move forward and actually grow as a person and be more mature, I don't think Gladys is there yet. No. Gladys is all over the place. I mean, she's been living in a junkyard selling drugs for a long time. Right. (laughs) It's not the best environment to uh, Hey, dude, plenty of people can live in junkyards and have amazing lives, all right? So don't blame the junkyard. Uh, why? What are you? You're going to bat for junkyard? That's culture? right. I am. I am. All right. Yeah. P- I'm just saying she's she's not ready to like get back into family life because she's lying to everybody. Pete has a successful law practice and medical practice running out of a junkyard, so I don't that's know what you're right. talking about. You guys ever seen Heathcliff? Everything that's great <laughs> is run out of a junkyard. Here's what I gotta say about Heathcliff: No one should terrorize <laughs> the neighborhood. That's all I'm saying. That's that's straight up true. And man, you've ever seen Pete eat a whole fish? He can just put it in his mouth, and pull out a bunch of bones. Uh, so let's keep going with the Jones family. FP has Tom Keller come in. Tom Keller, the ultimate oh, yeah. uh, shortstop for the season, where he's going to train the serpents to be law-abiding citizens. So what, what is going on his there? His job is trainer. He can train fighters. He can I, train serpents. Yeah. You name what, it, he what, can train it. So is he also the sheriff now? Is that no, like, he's like why? sheriff, sheriff emeritus? Okay, ooh, big word. 
But yeah. is he being paid by the sheriff's department? It was nope. a, uh, like you I could tell like by his seeing... t-shirt he was not getting paid. Okay, all right. He's just kind of there. Yep. Definitely he's there. I feel like he is the guy, though. It's interesting. I mean, we can talk about this later, but we've seen a lot of Tom Keller to the point where it's starting to be a little suspicious. Hmm. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. He's really Yo, you back of, off Tom Keller, bro. Man, wow, geez, you're going to bat for everybody. Junkyards, yep. Tom Keller. <laughs> uh, I'm overly protective. I'm just saying, let's put a pin in Tom Keller. Okay. Uh, so we have Jughead doing a ride-along with his dad. They have a nice Oh, uh, come hang. on, dude. Jughead's like, hey, what's it like to be old? And he's like, well, let me tell you, it's not great. I, I like that speech. Like, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, really First of all, one thing that I really liked about that scene is it started with FP spitting his gum out the window, which is becoming like FP's signature move is spitting out his gum all the time. That's great. Uh, well, and then, you know what I noticed is, and then he put a new piece of gum in. Yes. And he he bit it. He like tore it in half and put yeah. it in multiple pieces. I was like, what? no one eats gum like this. Yeah. I, thank you. That's I wasn't sure if this was gum, just me. Bro. Is that how you eat gum, Pete? No, that's how cops eat gum. Oh. Tiny pieces? Yep. No, you fold it into your mouth. Haven't you seen a juicy fruit commercial? <laughs> it's going to move you. Wow. Yeah, Weird. you take the entire pack, take it, take it <laughs> out, it just jam it in your mouth. Wrapper and all. <laughs> and then you swallow it. Yeah, it's oh. like a sandwich. The wrapper is the bread of the gum. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, so they they do their ride along, have a lovely time, and then they head to Pops because someone threw uh, someone on Fizzle Rocks threw a cup of hot coffee on a waitress. There we see Veronica, who is in her uh, diner waiting tables outfit. And let me ask you, what is Veronica's day like? Is she well, doing? Well, the thing eight? is, yeah, she opens the restaurant, you know, kind of does some stuff with Pops, gets the restaurant ready. Then, you know, once everything's up and running, then she changes, goes downstairs, and gets the nightclub ready. So she's working like 16, 18-hour days? Yeah, easy. And, and also sliding in for school every now and again? Uh, now and again, yep. She, what a life she has. Well, you know, she's a busy lady. She has multiple hats that she can wear. Yeah, she uh, loves hats. So we get, uh, from this, it, gets in, it sticks in Jughead's craw. That someone's reigniting the Fizzle Rocks business yep. in town. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Betty gets word that it's probably Gladys from Veronica. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nice little she, Veronica Betty sit down. That was nice. That was very sweet. That was nice. I miss those moments with yeah. the two of them. I'm glad we had that again. I think yeah. something that I've noticed in particular in the past three or four episodes is it seems like there's been more of an effort at least with the teen cast, to get them together as friends, which I think is really nice. Like, we've been yeah. missing that in terms of the show for a good chunk in the middle there, and it's something, it's it's fun to see them together. They work well together. It makes the show, as a whole, even with the ridiculous things going on, it makes it feel more grounded when they're all working together like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yep. And it also, like, it's like sort of the eye of the hurricane, and with so much crazy shit going on, like when they can just sit down and be like, hey, we're friends. It's like such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I really like their friendship. Well, it also, it helps them figure stuff out more. It helps the show play to the top of its intelligence. Because rather than Veronica being off on her own, own mission, Betty being off on her own mission, Jughead, etc., and nobody ever talking about everything, 
where they could actually figure things out and move them forward. They just yeah. end up in this quagmire separately where Giggity. that that conversation with Betty and Veronica, and then you pair it with later on, and I know this is jumping ahead, but Betty being straight up with Jughead about what's going on. Yeah, that which gets was you, amazing of her. That was very hard, but she did the right thing. Yeah, it, it was great. It gets you through the story easier, you know, right? Yeah. Rather than sitting on, oh, everybody has these secrets, what do we do? And then a big revelation happens at the end of the episode. Actually stepping up and telling people these things lets you get through the story faster in a more organic way. Yeah, there's more surprises because they sort of do away with that rug pull reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to follow that out a little bit, um, in the midst of all the other insanity that goes on this episode, Sweet Pea and Fangs, uh, Jughead, um, detach them to go uh, get the skinny on Gladys. Yeah, finds yeah. out. Can we can we take a little step back and talk about uh, Jughead dispatching everybody to do stuff? Yeah, I know his that minions. I know that ties into the other storyline, uh, but Jughead uh, sends everybody out on a couple of different missions, including Fangs and Sweet Pea. But while he's rattling through the different serpents' names, uh, one of them is named Old Deuteronomy. <laughs> Yes, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah, uh, there's there's Weasel. Like, I think one of them is Toxin. One of them is something else, which is all, that's fine. I, I've moved past the fact that they all have ridiculous guy names, but he very casually calls them one of them Old Deuteronomy, which is straight up a character from Cats. Wow. Uh, also, he's disma- dispatching his minions from the sex bunker. Right. That's not the thing that I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is beyond being a character from Cats, which is insane. How do you get the gang name Old Deuteronomy? Like, assuming that. Tall is tall, right? Is Old Deuteronomy 75 years old? Well, see, the thing is... Into Cats? Yeah. Into musicals? I didn't get that reference. I thought it was a reference to Running Scared, the Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines vehicle. Uh, so that's what I thought that was so far. What do you say? Oh, Deuteronomy? Yeah, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's weird when he also had Rum Tum Tugger go out and do so. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess they did sing memories in the middle of it, so that probably makes sense. You know, that's a joke, but that's also happening in two episodes. <laughs> Mark my words. Yeah. Oh, man. When that happened, though, I laughed so hard. Like, I, I've gotten past, I think emotionally I've gotten past the fact that one of the characters on the show canonically is called Benjamin Button. Old Deuteronomy was just a step beyond that for me. Wow. Old dude. Old dude. Nothing wrong with old dude. Yeah. Uh, We're tall boy, old dudes. dude. Uh, so uh, Sweet Pea and Fangs do tell Jughead that it is Gladys who's running the Fizzle Rocks. He confronts her. She says, I'm doing it for the family. I'm doing it for FP. Once again, crocodile tears. Yeah. Don't trust her. She also says, Jughead, don't ruin this for your father. He'll break him and he'll never come back, which I kind of feel is true. But it's also Jughead's weakness. Yeah. yeah. Protecting his dad. Because she knows that and she's playing him. She's she playing with cards. I think, I don't know if this will happen, and it probably won't, but the way around it is talking to FP and explaining that he can be this dad, he can be this great father, because he is, and it's not dependent on Gladys being there, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, but he also wants to be a dad to Jellybean, and he doesn't know that Jellybean is worse than Gladys. 
Jelly Bean is just like full time playing him. You think? Well, yeah, we don't know a, that. Yes, you do. It's in the the previous Elon in this episode. There's the scene from like three episodes back where uh, Jelly Bean and Gladys come to town, and it's like I've got him wrapped right around my finger. Jelly mm. Bean is playing, and that's you know, like she her mom because she's scared of her mom. We don't know if that's how Jelly Bean really feels, or she's playing the part. Otherwise, she knows mom's going to, you know. The way she talks about it in the flat in the previously on is that she's enjoying the fact that she is fooling her dad. It's cruel. It's cruel. I think FP is about to be bean boozled. Oh boy. Okay. Well, yeah, he's he's getting beaned. He's getting (laughs) beaned real bad. Bean boozled, like the game. Like bamboozled. You guys know bean boozled. I don't know what you're talking about. That's the name of a game. Yeah, there's this uh, jelly bean game where it's uh, you get there's two jelly beans and they're the same color, but one of them is like marshmallow and the other one is soap. Is this a game you played when you were uh, on the farm when you joined that cult? Uh, yes, and Edgar Evernever is absolutely lovely, and uh, uh, I'm very glad he's sponsoring this podcast. Don't spread your Kool Aid bullshit here. Oh yeah, I should say we are a farm sponsored podcast. Yes, no, we, we should are do one not. of our we should do one of our uh, commercials that we own. No, that. we are not, and no, we do not. We have nothing to do with that crazy place. Gulp, Guys. gulp, 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 gulp. Mmm, oat milk. Are you enjoying this oat milk, Justin? <laughs> I love a good glass of oat milk. And hey, Alex, what are you up to this weekend? You want to move your entire life, sell all your possessions to a, and move to a farm somewhere outside of town? Oh, that sounds so pleasant. Get away from it all, be with people who understand me, and drink all the oat milk I can handle. The farm. Hey, Pete, you love floating babies. Everyone, the <laughs> Get away from you fucking creeps. And that's the scripted commercial they wrote for us. Uh, let's jump back. Uh, we'll save the final scene for for the end. Um, okay. But let's go back um, to yeah, the beginning. I, we, we, I gotta, yeah, there's a lot we skipped over that I want to talk about. That makes sense because there's a lot of other characters. <laughs> right. Uh, I also want to point out that, and I don't like pointing this out, but Alex was right. He called it because Jughead has said, hey, Betty, you can stay in your old room. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay at B's and then bounce around a little bit, which Zalbin completely called. I did. Yeah. There you go. Uh, That's true. Sad also, for you, though, right? Uh, while we're sticking on that moment for whatever reason, um, I did want to call out Cole Sprouse's acting in particular in the scene with Betty. I know this is in the writing, but I think the acting as well. Betty being honest with him and straight up, you could see in his face without any words, him cycling through so many emotions, cycling through. I want to be angry at her. I want to yell at her and then tamping it down, thinking, no, I trust her. But kind of having this simmering rage in his delivery, which was a very human reaction to have. That, he's also uh, like, I, I should be writing this down on my typewriter. Right. And he's also thinking, isn't it crazy I'm dating her in real life? <laughs> no, that was not that, no. No, he thinks that a lot, I bet. No, yeah. he doesn't. You know what I, I really got in that scene, which was fascinating, was him thinking, I have a movie five feet apart that comes out this weekend. I'm very excited for people to check that out. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> I was getting. not verbal, though. Yeah. So yeah. good acting job. Cool. Um, do you want to hit up breakup number two, Man Monica? Sure. The, yeah, let's talk about Reggie. So obviously we got one breakup, F Palace. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just want to say for the record, I'm sure we're going to all agree on this 100%. 
F Palace to me was the only breakup that was 100% clear on the show. Like that was what? Well, that was the one where they said we're over. It's over Alice. No, so they are done. No. For the, Here's the thing. No. None of these relationships are over. Yeah, um, I thought she was, was saying, nothing Here's is the thing. over. None of these are real because these are fictional characters and this is a oh, wow. TV show. Don't Alex, bring that cool. shit into here. Nice. This <laughs> for us right now, Alex, when we're in after dark mode, yeah. this is real. This is real shit, dude. No, There's no, nothing it, more real than I, this. I'll be honest with you, it hurt a little bit physically to say that. I, I don't actually believe it. Good. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Good. Uh, right, let's so, get to Reggie. So man Monica, um, Reggie's they're talking business and Reggie's like, Hey, you know what? I have sacrificed everything for He's you. Right. He's right. He's right. He's hundred percent right. So much. And he's and like, hey, could I, just, could I just get a little equity in this business that I've literally given up my father, uh, my, my car, sweet my family ride. business. Not just a regular car. That ride is unbelievable. Yeah, that's a cool ride, as Pete says. And Veronica's like, mm, sorry, I learned shit from my dad, and yeah. I'm mean at business. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, what? What she says, I agree with you guys. I'm definitely on the side of Reggie here. I think there's reasons Veronica does what she does. I think her explanation of I am almost so close to even, the thing that she doesn't say that she should have said was, can we have this conversation in three weeks once I have paid off all my debts? You know, something like that. Yeah, something like that would have been nice. But yeah, yeah. no, she was cold as ice. She was just shutting them down left and right. But also, she treated it like he was. It was a out of total, line. Yeah, out of line, or it was a total business transaction. When like he's trying to show her, like I love you, yeah. I care for you, I've sacrificed so much for you, and I don't have any security from you either monetarily, yes, but also emotionally, right? And so I think he wanted, and she just iced him out. So well, yeah. yeah. For Reggie, which he didn't say up front, I don't think it was actually about the money. I think it was about the relationship. He wants yeah. to be yeah. Veronica. He likes her, maybe even loves her. Um, but he dealt with it through the business and through monetarily. And maybe if he had been a little more straight up about that part, it, things would have gone a little differently. Oh, don't you put this on him. Don't you dare try to put this on him. I'll put it on him. How about that? One thing that I thought was kind of amazing about this actually was fans nonstop for weeks have been like, I don't understand on the show. This is so annoying. I feel like they're treating this relationship more like a business relationship than an actual relationship. And then it turned out it was like, all right, because it's just a business relationship. And that's it. Yeah. Business relationship to Veronica, but not to Reggie and the rest of us. Exactly, and when she gives him money later in the episode, he's, like, pissed. Yeah, he's yeah. like, fuck you. And he tries to steal his car back, which I thought was fucking I, awesome. I couldn't believe he's not being paid. Like, he's doing all this work there. Like, forgetting anything else, that was the thing that made me annoyed at Veronica. I was like, yo, I get that you're down on money, but he is working here yeah, basically yeah. full-time. Nobody knows when you're going to school or anything like that. Give him a little money. Yeah, he's building secret swiveling cabinets, all sorts of shit. Yeah, carpentry, bartending, um, like card gambling. Uh, He's got a lot of skills, and he's not being paid for anything. Also, kissing. Yeah, kissing. Mm -hmm. How much do you guys get paid for kissing, by the way, just generally speaking? Five dollars a smooch. (laughs) (laughs) That's the standard rate. Yeah, Uh, I'm really undercharging. 
Yeah. You, know, you only get a better rate if you're in a, a, a mono-afflicted area. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so Reggie does get, he does yeah. get busted trying to steal his car back. Veronica is absolutely ruthless to him again. Um, does not treat him well. Uh, and uh, they ultimately, like, he confronts her and says, I want something more. I don't want to just be the guy that you hook up with. I don't want to – I want yeah. to be your partner. And she does give a relatively reasonable, honest explanation, but one that You'll she probably – you, oh, man. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. The explanation that she gives I think is fair. She says, I am still hurting from this breakup. I am not ready to be in a relationship. He well, then says, you should have been all smoochy-poo then. And I again, I really smoochy like. Poo. I, it happens, dude. Sometimes Don't you smoochy give poo. Me the, it happens, shit. Yeah. It takes two to tango. Mm, it does take two to tango. It also takes two to smoochy poo. Yeah, right. And they were so smoochy pooing, it, but sometimes you smoochy poo and you don't know why you're smoochy pooing. Yeah, that's bullshit. She, though, he asks her this question that's supposed to be a very ultimatum question of, would we be dating if I wasn't working here? Yeah, that's a bullshit question. Be honest to me. Well, would we be dating if we lived in the same town? What the fuck kind of question is that? Uh, well, no that's relevance. the thing, is that, like, he's asking that. I think that, to me, got me frustrated at Reggie because he was like, be honest with me about that. And Veronica was like, well, no. If we weren't hanging out together or in the same place, of course we wouldn't be dating. But I'm glad we are, and I like being with you. And Reggie was like, well, you that's lead it. With I'm that. out of you here. Don't, you don't fucking put an addendum on that. You yeah. lead with that. That's how what you I feel. What I particularly didn't like was when Reggie was like, I'm going to go fucking film my movie. I got Bad Boys 3. I got to go there for a couple yeah. of months. I'm out of here, all right? Like that felt stop. it felt like it was breaking the fourth wall too much. Yeah, stop wow. putting that on Reggie. This whole I'm fucking just, time. You're I agree, I agree with Pete. I think Reggie wanted some emotional just the smallest bit of emotional yes. support in this episode and she gave, gave him none and in the end only got his car back, which is not satisfying for him. Yeah. Sure, it's nice, but it's not what he wanted from the jump on this episode. He gave her his heart. She gave him a car. Yeah. Well, Say his anything. car back. Ridiculous. Uh, you want to jump into um, breakup number three? No, oh. I want to jump into what passes for a goddamn comic book shop in this town. Are you fucking kidding me? Hold on. Hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there in a second. Let's yeah. talk Shoney Show Pass oh, first. God. Oh, I can't. Man, I can't do I it. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> do it. Obviously, like Alex said, they've been having some troubles. Oh, um, stop it. There some, there's been a split based on um, no. Pretty Poisons and who's in charge. Nope. And, uh, Tony taking it very seriously. Cheryl taking it medium serious. Um, Cheryl books them a trip to Montreal without telling Tony. Well, Tony very romantic. Go on, very romantic. Climbing Mont Blanc, which is a lovely mountain. Uh, The pretty poisons. uh, Tony had booked a trip to them with them, like to a local mountain. I guess I don't know, or a lake or something. Yeah. Also romantic, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, Well, when you go out with your gang, it's here's my suggestion. Just at this point, if you are in a relationship, don't book a trip without talking to your partner. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's I don't know what it's going to be a surprise. Decent, a decent advice. Yeah. Surprise trip. I tried to do that with Pete once. I tried to take him to one of the garbage dumps on Staten Island. He got super pissed because he's like, yo, I'm trying to operate in this junkyard right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Junkyard to junkyard. Great tour. Uh, I Well, the thing is, Tony is in 
Cheryl started doing something at night. Tony booked a group vacation without telling Cheryl, and Cheryl's in the group that's supposed to go on vacation. Right. It, this they're is just missing each other a little bit. Like they yes. both are trying. They're missing. It's it's frustrating that everybody's like, oh, they're in trouble. They're just they're in a relationship, and sometimes things don't line up. It happens. I think that's the best way of putting it, honestly, Pete, is the not lining up thing. Like I think you're absolutely yeah. right about that, and I think the the problem that is happening here is that Tony and Cheryl clearly love each other. Yeah. They clearly want to be in a relationship with each other, but they're treating each other like they are different people for some reason. That yeah. Cheryl, the character that we have known of Cheryl, this entire show, all she does is barrel through things. Like yeah, Cheryl she, barrels. Yeah, and if she hits a wall, she just hits back even harder. Like, she pushes even harder. Tony knows that about her. Like, she knows that's her character, but seems to be ignoring it for no particular reason. Like, trying to treat... Like, this is going to come out wrong, but Tony is treating Cheryl as if she is a normal, reasonable person, which she is not. Yeah, I know, but you can't get... You can't just be like, all right, I'll let this person bulldoze my life. Yeah, bulldoze my life. Yeah, exactly. You've got to at least talk. There's got to be... Cheryl's got to grow... Tony's got to grow. They got to grow together. It takes some work sometimes. The absolutely the most reasonable thing just to jump ahead is Tony saying, "Listen, we have to have a conversation about what's going on with us," which should have yep. happened episodes ago in the real yeah. world. But, but it happened. But I I disagree with you guys just on if you do love somebody and you want to be in a relationship with them, you also figure out ways of working within challenges about That's their personality. That's what Tony's trying to do. That's what Tony's trying to do. You don't talk to Cheryl Blossom reasonably. <laughs> you figure out something else to do. Well, she yeah, tries. That's, She's that's, been... that's giving her so much like power to do to be a monster. Here's... And then... You give Cheryl Blossom whatever she wants and maybe she'll love me. I mean, Tony. Oh, you know, exactly. it's my point. Like, that's now my point. Now we got to the bottom yeah, of this. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, Jesus shit. Christ. Yeah. You've uh, got so, to talk to your wife after this <laughs> fucking podcast. Wow. That's right. She listens, and she's going to hear this. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm in such uh, big trouble. Yeah. Uh, this is going out live. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying this live to your wife's um <laughs> Yeah, uh, honestly, it's a lucky thing that Pete's also a divorce lawyer. I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna work out well. I'll give Junk you a great divorce. <laughs> Junkyard divorce court. Uh, so Cheryl, in response to their little uh, rift, um, comes to the Bon Nui with cookies. Sees Tony partying with Veronica. Scones, which, scones, I believe. Oh yeah, cherry scones. scones. Don't get yeah, it wrong. Which is those are very caloric, so like not the coolest gift. Oh yes. come on, dude. Scones, they're, they're so intense. It's Dude, like eating a rock. Scones are fantastic. Here, uh, it's like I, eating a rock. No, I, I no. like scones. My bigger problem is she's bringing scones at night. Scones are not a night food. You eat scones in the morning and then they're well, done after like. to eat them in the morning together. Yeah, scones last a long yeah, time. Yeah, they leave them at home. They like live in the same rocks. house. They're bread rocks. Yes. I did like uh, Reggie's reaction, though, when she goes in and Reggie's yeah. like, whew. Uh, just that yeah. holding on him for a second, he's really fun. I bub that their relationship is broken up, but I more bub that he's leaving for several episodes to go to a film because he's just a fun presence on the show. Yeah, he's because terrified of like all of the women on the show, which is <laughs> right and yeah, hilarious. This is, yeah, I mean, 
There's some badass ladies. He should Yeah, be. so Cheryl goes downstairs, and she comes on uh, Tony seemingly not working, and the poison's not working. They're on stage with Veronica singing Robin's Call Your Girlfriend, which is great. And I'll tell you, uh, I have been listening to that cover nonstop for the past several days. It's really? so good. Oh, it's so much fun. Nice. That's cool. Well, yeah, I don't see what the big deal is, so she's singing. So what? You ever heard of karaoke? Do you, you know, ever heard of karaoke, Cheryl? Do you know the lyrics of the song? Yeah, they were singing them. Now, why don't you recite them to us, you 12-year-old woman? <laughs> you 12-year-old girl? All right, so here's the thing. Call Your Girlfriend is... Yeah, I, heard, s- I watched the episode, guy. Yeah. So I know what, what the fucking words are. Yeah, what are the words? It's then, a Pete? song. It's a song. They're not... They're just singing a goddamn song. Uh, Call your girlfriend. It's time you had the talk. Give your reasons. Say it's not her fault, but you just met somebody new. Tell her to not get upset. Second guessing everything you said and done. And then when she gets upset, tell her how you never meant to hurt no one. I mean, I do like that song. Yeah, it's great. Video is really good, too. You should really check it out, Pete. Who gives a fucking shit? I give a shit because I've been listening to Robin since 1995, dude. All right, well, congrats for you. Nice. But let's Thank get you. back to talking about real things. Whoa. Uh, this yeah. is rude. That's also real. I just don't understand why uh, Tony should be in trouble for singing a song. They were rehearsing something for the goddamn club. Here's the deal. Uh, this is why I I feel like this is a big moment. They weren't rehearsing for something for the club. They were singing at the club. Just From Cheryl's fun. perspective, they just had a tiff. She's upset about it. Tony went off to work and she gets there and sees her girlfriend on stage with another woman having a blast singing a song about breaking up with your girlfriend. That sucks. Like there's yeah. there's okay. no way around that. Totally. It makes it makes total sense. Like you you're already hurting and you see something that under normal circumstances you wouldn't be mad at, but it, it hurts doubly because you're already upset. So, of course, naturally, you put on a strong red dress. Okay, and right, show, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. That's legit. You show back up, show, show back up, go back to the Bonnui looking for a Bellini. Oh, yeah. Ca- I love a joint. great Bellini. Uh, yeah. Nighttime Bellini, very oh. rare choice. Not enough. But, not but a the way she choice. ordered it was cold as fuck. So do you think there's something going on there? She brings scones, a breakfast food, uh, Bellini, which is definitely a brunch drink. What's the implication there? She's a morning person. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Also, we don't know what time it is ever at Le Bon because it's in a basement. So <laughs> it might, this might be happening at 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah. they're teenagers. They're teenagers that, go to high school, so. They don't sleep, so they have to do all of their owning small businesses hey, at nighttime. We, can we all agree, though, that the way she ordered that Bellini was fucked up? Wait, what are you talking about? She was like, oh, go and fetch me a Bellini. Wow, really feeling for the uh, junkyard and waitstaff in this episode. Yeah, I, I get I, what you're saying, Pete. She is clearly doing that to provoke Tony. Yeah, she's she's yeah. being curt. And as we see in a, a casing ser- the place, she's casing the place. And we learn that this children's casino makes a lot of money. Yeah, uh, because uh, Cheryl breaks in to rob Le bon in her cat burglar uh, character, I guess. Sure. And it, there's a direct confrontation between shown between Cheryl and Tony. Oh, Shoney show pass. And then we realize that this isn't a robbery. This is a sex robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Sex robbery. It's the best kind of robbery. Yeah. And now we haven't talked about Archie's plot line, but we will in a minute. But it needs to say there's a big fight. 
Yeah. And we this it's a cross cut between the sex scene and the fight scene. I and was, it's it's crazy. I couldn't that, I was like this is I can't. This I, is too, w- so first of all that was like that was a super by CW by Riverdale standards super graphic sex scene. Like yeah. definitely it was yeah, like the unzip. Oh my right. god. And they were which I think from the perspective of to think about it very clinically from the perspective of LGBTQ plus representation. Awesome. Because you very yeah. rarely see that on TV. You very rarely see that on broadcast TV. So I'm so glad that happened. I'm so glad that they were able to do that and give that the same weight as some of the other heterosexual sex scenes we've seen. Uh, from a sex scene perspective, I was definitely like, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot that you're seeing right now. Yeah. And then that it was cross-cut with Archie getting the shit beat out of him and well, bleeding. Well, no, he was, he was winning some stuff, too. He was winning, but it was like bloody ginger. And all I could think the entire time I was watching that is there are like a dozen teenagers out there that are getting totally fucked up right now. Yep. Yeah. And have well, that's a, what's, what's the implication? Is that, that the, the sex between Cheryl and Tony is like sort of a fight? Yeah. Or that Archie fighting all those people is like sex for him. Yeah, I don't both. know, but it, it was weird. No, I, I mean, I think from a textual perspective, it's both, right? Like, they are having yeah. a hate fuck, and he is fighting. Oh, hate's but it's a strong word, man. But it's euphoric because he is finally getting out of this red paladin thing that he's yeah. been stuck in for so long. So, yeah, textually, it makes total sense. From it's a fight viewing, sex. Yeah, Not hate fuck. Fight yes, sex. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. From... From a viewer perspective, so, though, I guarantee you there are at least a dozen people that, like, five years from now are going to be like, why am I into lesbian sex while uh, some ginger dude is bleeding next to me? Why is that my cake? Why is that yeah. my thing? Um, uh, including so me. can we talk about Archie? Yes. Well, hold on. Real, real quick, though. Archie wins his fight, and Cheryl and Tony both win their sex. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah then, we, should, but, like, we should talk about So then, like yeah. I, we said earlier, then they get real about their relationship, and Cheryl basically throws Tony out of the house. Yeah, Cold that was so rough. That was so rough to watch. Yeah. Um Particularly because, like, like we said, Tony very rightly asks them to have a conversation. It's like, we need to talk. We need to figure out what's going on. Uh, right. And then we asked Pete. And, and she was also like, it was just too fast for me. It was so mm-hmm. fast. We moved in together. My head's spinning a little bit. Like, I love you. Can we talk? And she was like, hell no, I'm Cheryl. I go 110 all day. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll go back to my earlier point of Tony yeah, is asking reasonable things of a reasonable pe- person, but Cheryl is not a reasonable person. And she needs Tony needs to figure out if she wants to be in a relationship with Cheryl, how to talk to Cheryl. Exactly. You know? Yeah, you, you can't negotiate with a roller coaster. Yeah, they've <laughs> got to get saying. some kind yes. of mediator or, or, you know, get some counseling or something. Yeah, and they did move too fast. They're What are they? They're supposed to be like 16 or 17 years old or something like that. They should not be living together. But, uh, you know, they'll figure it out. I think, like, what I took away from that, that was not a breakup. Like, I think. Yes. I, I took it as Cheryl took it as a breakup because Cheryl's all or nothing on everything. But Tony is probably viewing it as we're still together. We're cooling down a little bit. Uh, basically Cheryl is the Ross Geller of the situation. And I was just going to say the same. You. I was going to make the you same point and I feel those, bad. Those are two <laughs> completely <laughs> different. They're not comparable. 
No, we're going to hear the words we were on a break in our upcoming episode. I also, I mean, you saw in the promo that Cheryl is super into paleontology now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just had a long conversation about friends. friends. (laughs) Yeah. Are you even one of the friends? No. Do you even care about friends? Nope. Oh. Well, anyway. Uh, Great. Uh, so the the last thing about Cheryl we should mention, though, is after they have that absolutely gut-wrenching conversation, uh, Cheryl clearly has taken his breakup. She summons Kevin to her house, and Kevin says, I'm so sorry about Tony. And Cheryl says, don't even worry about it. Hey, uh, did you know, Kesara uh, Sara, that's also a phrase used in Heathers. Did you know there's a musical version of Heathers? And Kevin is like, please don't do this. And yeah. Cheryl's like... We're going to do Heather's the Musical. And he's like, no, we're doing Godspell. And she's like, we're doing Heather's the Musical. Yeah, it was and, fantastic. Oh, my God. I I hope they do this every year. Just have the running bit of, like, Cheryl experiences something utterly traumatic. It's like, the only way I know of dealing this is by taking revenge on the entire town by forcing them to do a musical. Yeah. Well, it's a, that was such a meta scene. Uh, Kevin's like, why am I here in this episode? And Cheryl's <laughs> like, because I'm setting up next week. Yeah. We're doing a musical called Heavens. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. No, but it's important to check in with goddamn Kevin. I'm worried about Kevin. He's brainwashed. He's, he, you know, he's living that farm life. I don't know what's going on. I'm glad we got to see Kevin, even if it was for two seconds and he got berated. He deserves it for the way he's been acting. That sure, that's time. fine. But to Justin's point, it was a ridiculously over-the-top scene, but it was great, yeah, yeah. and I cannot wait for the musical next episode. I'm so excited for Very it. Very excited. Let's but before we, yeah, we have to talk about Archie. Yes. This was one of the craziest storylines in any episode of any season. <laughs> wow, that's bold, dude. That's well, it, buckle up. So we learned that there are multiple Kill the Red Paladin cards out wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. First off, he goes to fucking what's-his-name's office. Yeah, hire The guy who tried to kill I'm him. I'm literally about to say those words. Oh, sorry. Um, he talks about, yeah, he goes to Hiram, and Hiram's like, oh, yeah, I gave out about a dozen of those murder cards. Yeah. Which was insane. He also so, kind of admits to being the fucking Gargoyle King. Well, yeah, that, that no. was... Just textually, one of the crazier things to me is like we knew that Tallboy was a gargoyle king for Hiram Lodge, and yeah. we knew that uh, whatever his name is, Major, head of the RROTC, uh, Moose's dad, was also another gargoyle king, but we didn't actually, nobody had said out loud that Hiram was manipulating the game to that level, you know? Like, but I think th- I think it made it clear that he's not the actual Gargoyle sure. King because he's just printing off cards because he sees that the game no, is happening. That's so he's he taking wants advantage. Think. He's the fucking goddamn no, Gargoyle he King. He fucking no admitted way. it. The, the thing that was crazy oh. about this episode, again, I, I know I established earlier, and I really mean this, that like I trusted everybody in this episode, but it was I could feel my brain rewiring itself during the scene, being like, okay, but Hiram is gonna. Hiram's going to pull the rug out from under Archie at some point, right? Like, Hiram's yeah. really going to fuck up Archie. And yeah. then he never did the entire episode. Oh, what are you talking but, about? Are you blind? He fucked, he fucked him up so much by having 12 murderers. Yeah. But he'd already him. done that. And Hiram spent this entire episode apologizing to Archie and trying to make it right fuck however you. he that could. That was all lying right to his face. No, I don't think it was. Right up until the end where he gives him the keys. He's like, you're going to be my boy again, right? No, that, he d- does not say that. 
Yeah, he, he says, says no I've strings tried attached, to make him dance, but he there means are no every strings fucking attached. string no is strings attached. All the strings uh, are attached. Hold on a second. So let's talk about um, the comic book store. Obviously, a pretty great oh. comic book store. In what town. are you talking about? It's basically like comic book club. The store. <laughs> no, that was the worst comic book store I've ever seen in my life. What what Bet. what made it so bad, Pete? All right, the outside looked like a shack that was abandoned for years. Sure, sounds like a comic book store so far. Go yeah. on. What are you Checks talking out. about? That's not what comic book stores look like. I mean, most of them do, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Comic book stores are amazing places, all right? That's your imagination, Pete. They're oh, ramshackle. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck um, you. So these guys are like... Uh, In the basement pretty... of some sketchy-ass fucking... I don't even know what that place was. They're painted as pretty big dorks, but they're also pretty cocky about having the Kill the Red Paladin card, which I right. thought was weird. Yeah. And well, in turn, uh, Archie's, sort, Archie's pretty chill about being the target of this murder. It, it, it's, it's odd. For Archie, it seems like he knows he's been attacked multiple times, but he also yeah. is like, oh, this is just a fun game that everyone's playing. Well, yeah, so, The way uh, he was so casually dealing with all this was driving me insane. Really? He casually walked into Hiram's office. Hey, guy who tried to kill me and, and was successful in breaking up my love of me and Veronica. Hey, is it cool if uh, I be honest with you? I need to get all these cards. Oh, sure. No problem, guy that I'm going to still continue scheme with. Yeah, no problem. Well, but I, th- I thought it made sense when he said, I don't really love Veronica. I'm going to be with Betty soon. <laughs> that did not happen, you piece of shit. No, he and said don't that to don't try to break up a happy home. He oh. said that there's no happy home. Yeah, there is. Jughead it, and Betty. The weirder part to me was when Hiram said, hashtag Barchi for oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> that was very strange. No, that wasn't. That was I lo- I, honestly, I loved it, though. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I was weirded out by the Hiram thing. The rest of it I was actually okay with because I feel like Archie has survived two attempts on his life at this point. He feels emboldened by the fact that he has Betty and Jughead with him. They've all decided to be more proactive about this and figure out what's going on and try to take care of it. Um, also, he goes into the back of this ramshackle comic book store and finds a bunch of dorks. Of course he could take them. He's Archie well, Andrews. Easy with the yeah. dorks. Yeah. Well, but no, let, but let's talk about that. So the so Ar- Archie confronts Hiram and Hiram bribes Archie with a boxing gym down by the docks. What right. body of water are these fucking docks on? This yeah. town is insane. Yeah. They're going to be <laughs> like, hey, we should go check out the Riverdale Desert. And then look, the Riverdale <laughs> Polar Ice Caps. We yeah. should go oh, over to yeah, those. There's a Riverdale Stadium. So yeah. what? Riverdale, it's like the actual Riverdale is in the Bronx in New York, right? And I think yep. I've right. always assumed... Also, based on Riverdale the day before the novel, they talk about taking the Metro North up to Riverdale. So, like, it's in upstate New York somewhere. So it's inland. Like, it's not on. I don't know where these docks are going to or anything like that. Uh, The Sweetwater River docks? Maybe. I guess docks. Sure. I guess maybe there's docks on the river or something. Uh, The other thing that's been weirding me out, it didn't really come up this episode, but there's a lot of places they keep mentioning with San in front of it, which is a very California thing. Like there's San Junipero, and I think they had like Santa Marco the last episode and whatever. So I don't know where Riverdale is supposed to be at this point. I'm completely lost. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to say real quick, Justin, I thought you were going to say uh, Sweetwater Nightmare Band for a second. Oh, why? That's a series of crazy words? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, what does that mean? 
What does that mean? Yeah. The, you don't know that uh, that. Uh, <laughs> um, never mind. I'm referencing something, but you don't get it, so it's fine. No, no. <laughs> explain oh, what it is. River Bottom Nightmare Band. Oh, I messed it up. Is that from um, Emmett Otter's Jugman Christmas? Yeah, you're d- goddamn right it is. Wow. See, I get you, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so their plan, Jug- Bughead and Archie come up with a plan. And yeah. that plan is to rally all the troops to go out to the Griffiths and Gargoyles players and tell them there's a new Red Paladin mission, which isn't kill Archie. It's try to kill him in a boxing. Yep. And Archie's going to go twelve or 10 rounds, I guess technically, and fight everybody bare knuckle. Put on some fucking gloves. No way, dude. No way. Uh, this was insane. It was cool to see Archie fight Arrow and knock him out, knock him the fuck out. Yeah, what did, how did you Arrow. feel about that, Pete? What are you talking about, Arrow? The, they had one of the guys, so 12, uh, 12 fighters show up with cards. Actually, 11 fighters show up with cards as well as a crowd. The first guy was not... Arrow, hold, on, hold on, hold no, on. There's a guy in the middle. Yeah, and uh, Archie, the rules are that they have three minutes to either take him down or get yeah. knocked down themselves. If they go longer than three minutes, their quest three is Three minutes. Three minutes. Their quest Bone is done. saw is ready. Yes. Anybody? Yeah. Uh, Anybody? And I actually like the fact that like they were playing on the fanaticism of the Griffins and Gargoyles players. That made a lot yeah. of sense to me. Uh, yeah. But to Justin's point... The second or third guy was straight up the green arrow from Arrow. Like, that nope. was the Arrow costume. No, that was the first guy who was dressed in some no, kind of... No, no, no. no. It the, was later. The, the, there was a guy dressed in an Arrow costume, and everybody else was like, oh, gets in a couple of hits on Archie or something like that. The Arrow runs in, and Archie immediately takes him out with one punch. Nope. Yeah, it was it was great. But he didn't have time for Arrow Court. <laughs> <laughs> You, Pete, you should rewatch it because he is definitely Arrow. Yes. No, I saw it, motherfucker, and it was a, it was a, you know, maybe it was an homage, which is a nice tip of the hat. But you know, he's no Arrow. You can tell that by the way he got his ass beat. Uh, no, that was the actual Arrow character. Yeah, it was no, Stephen it Amell came in was just for this, and it was a real fight. It was Stephen Amell versus KJ Appa. They didn't even stage Stephen it or Amell anything. Could win that. With one hand tied behind his back. KJ Appa kicked the shit out of Stephen Amell in nope. real life. You watch your goddamn mouth. Stephen Amell, there was a video of him online. You guys should all check this out. Just blubbering and crying and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My show is so bad. It was very like. Fuck you. Fuck you for saying that. It was crazy. That is way over the lines. No Alvin. way. Take I don't think back. that. I Take don't it think back. that Stephen Amell said that. In his Take video that, that he back. posted online that for real, that you guys can all check That is way over the goddamn line. No, I'm sorry, we, we don't have back. time for this. Uh, we don't Take have that time back. for whatever corner this is. Don't. I'm I'm gonna fucking leave right now if you don't fucking take that back. All right, this season of Arrow has been very good. Thank you. Uh, great, glad we covered that on this show. Any other shows you want to have a weird <laughs> argument about? Way over the line. Uh, uh, yeah, so how, actually, how are you feeling the, about the, the sort of, OA, Pete? What, what, what are you feeling? Uh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's the craziest reference you could have made. Uh, so the sort of boss level uh, character that comes yeah, in is the, the guard, prison that, guard, yeah, Archie's former cool. prison guard. Because let's not forget Archie was in prison earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, Jughead, for some reason, says enter the Kraken, which I don't know what that 
Was that guy's name the Kraken? No, that's um. so. Jughead, uh, I'm sure everybody out there has noticed this, uh, has a way of making very weird references that I feel like are not exact. Like, I don't know if that's a purposeful bit that they're doing, but there's something earlier on that he's like, it's like a Norman Rockwell painting, except with leather jackets. And I was like, uh, it's like 50% there, that reference. Like, yeah. it's not I quite exactly. good. Uh, it, it was he, better than usual, but he'll, he'll be like, this is it's like it. a Raymond Chandler movie. And I'm like, it's not? I yeah. mean, I, you're wrong. No, it was Sorry, like, he was like, we're like a, a old-timey family except with the edge. So that I thought the leather jackets were All appropriate. Right, sure, that's fair. Uh, wait, uh, this is a total side thing that I wanted to ask you guys about. This is in one of the earlier scenes where they're making the plan, uh, Betty, Archie, and Jughead. And Archie and in Jughead. In the sex bunker? When in they're the in sex the sex bunker. bunker. And well Archie and Jughead are like, oh, this is like when we were kids and we did this thing. And don't you remember, Betty? And Betty's like, I don't remember that. So there was that. And then there was the thing on the uh, season three premiere where they talk about the leeches in the oh, watering yeah. hole. Oh, and yeah, Betty's yeah. like, no, I don't remember that. Wasn't that a movie or something? Do you do you that's purposeful, right? Like, I don't know if that's a running bit or if there's something bigger going on with Betty's memory. What it I, feels like it's something bigger. I mean, maybe there is maybe we're leading to a, a full on split personality between uh, Betty and Dark Betty. Uh, I thought or, maybe it was just a reference to the comic books or something that I just didn't get. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. And then the more that I thought about it, the more that I started to worry there's something wrong with her memory. Like there's some sort of holes going on there or something like that. Oh man, that would be scary. Yeah, that would be scary. Interesting. So back to the uh, fight though, Archie takes down the Kraken. He wins yeah. it. The red paladin thing is over. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, Hiram in celebration gifts him the gym. So now Veronica owns a club and pops and Archie owns a gym. Uh, that's cool. All about real estate. Yeah, very you gotta, uh, gym comes with a lot of strings. What uh, what kind of real estate did you guys own when you were about sixteen or seventeen? <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me just go through my records. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, a mountaintop chalet. Yeah, obviously. Oh, I ran wow. a Japanese restaurant. Oh, that was that was cool. Very yeah. cool. Great sushi. I, I obviously ran a junkyard. I don't know. <laughs> yes, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so let's jump to the final scene of the episodes of the episode of FP's 50th birthday party. Oh man! Uh, did you did you guys catch the beer glass fountain? That was no. Uh, oh, it's really funny. It's like a champagne fountain, but it's yeah. all a bunch of plastic cups with beer in them. Oh, that's great. Got to see that. It's very cute. Oh, um, I will say once again, I don't know if this is the way it's going to be, but like when Fred Andrews showed up, oh, it was like, dude, that hug was amazing. That was and, a beautiful it's just so. Yes, it is. And it's like, it's just so odd. It feels like the scenes were made now, yeah. almost, you know? And it's, it's an odd feeling. So it's, both it was of the so scene, magical. The, the scene the last episode, and we talked about this, was it, it was hard to watch because it was so soon about after Luke Perry passing. But to your point, Justin, it felt good. It felt right. It was Fred taking care of Archie. It was talking about doing the right thing and being a good person. And then this scene, it was on FP, but it was FP talking about how he never thought they'd be here 
And then yeah. Fred telling him, you just got to live your life however you can. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there are other scenes that they filmed with Fred and they put together for Fred that have been taken out of these episodes, but I think you're absolutely right, Justin. It's kind of crazy how this is going to sound crazy, but I'll just say what like it feels like. It feels like almost this angelic version of Luke Perry coming down and being like, I'm granting advice on you before I go. And it's, such a strange feeling while you're watching. They're they're great scenes. They're well acted scenes, but it's so weird. No, not in yeah. a bad way, but it's weird. Yeah. No, but I, in a way where it really makes you. It adds just much. The stakes are higher. There's more weight. Yeah, it was it was really so amazing and so powerful. And FP uh, his acting for his birthday scenes were really amazing and and so fantastic. Like yeah, he was love, getting choked up. I was getting choked. It was just really beautiful. I love when he sort of flicks the um, the fiftieth uh, decorations. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, so let's just button it up. Uh, Gladys introduces Jughead, and she calls FP a king. Yep. Which I, I thought too. was was interesting. Yeah, but then um, later it was kind of like King of the Serpents. Like, Serpent King. I don't yeah. know though. The way she said it was interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, J- Jughead gives an earnest, heartfelt speech. It feels like for a minute he might call out Gladys, but he does not. Well, I and thought that was every- a great choice. Then at the end, he um, says to Betty, hey, oh. you want to run my mom out of town? Yeah, and keep yeah. Jolly Bean safe. It was such a, oh, and I, I just the two of them together, the, like the way she was like, Jughead, that was amazing. And then he opened up to her and was like, hey, and it was just like, oh, I was worried about them after Betty's talk. But after that, yeah. They were so strong and so great together. I it agree was, with you, except I thought it was weird at the end when she said, I actually love Archie. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> Don't ruin this moment. <laughs> no, that, that was weird. Yeah. And yeah, then uh, just, the hashtag Barchi just kind of flashed on screen for the entire no, time all Americans yeah. should have been no, being no, no, broadcast. No. Pop was wearing a hashtag Barchi shirt yeah. under Dude, his. The, the way Jughead was just like, hey, do you, you want to help was just such a great. It was cool. cool moment. Yeah. And Jughead's speech, like, the, I like the tension up into it. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to know what I'm saying. Even when he takes the mic, he's kind of struggling with it. Uh, and then made such a great choice. And then, like, cutting to his dad, getting all choked up. And it was really powerful because he's on yeah. stage. And that relationship has come such a long way where, like, in the beginning, his dad was a piece of shit and a drunk. And look at how far they have come and, like, Jughead says he's proud of his dad. Who would have thought he would have ever said that he was proud of his That's dad? That's just what FP wanted to hear, yeah. yeah I mean, really I agree. Beautiful. Jughead is pretty cool for a gang leader, novelist, Griffins and Gargoyle player, uh, and uh, Why casual you friend. Why you got to ruin this, dude? Why I'm just saying, he, he wears a lot of hats, and they're all crowns. No. <laughs> uh, all right, we have a bunch of questions and comments and theories that people sent us on Twitter. So why don't we jump into those and read through what we can? Uh, this is from Betty Nancy Drew Cooper on Twitter. Josie and Archie will break up next episode, which means Varchie will be back before prom. Alice's breakup with FP will send her further into the farm's grasps. Q Edgar's entrance 
Apparently, the lodges are separating, too. Wonder if that means the farm will target Hermione, and if we get to see Mrs. Mulray again. Choni in danger might make Tony fall victim to the farm, too, though I think Cheryl will be more likely to fall prey. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of theories. Um, I love it. A couple of things to mention. So Edgar is definitely coming up. I believe uh, Chad Michael Murray, who's playing Edgar Everdever, he had posted during the musical episode that he was on set in costume. So expect that he should show up next episode. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't show up at the end of this episode. Um, also, in terms of the separation. This was in the promo, the extended promo for the next episode. Hiram and Hermione are separating. What do you guys think about that? Oh, yeah, it only that's, makes that's, sense. It only gives the gargoyle king, Hermione, more power. Ooh. Uh, more freedom, more power. Hiram was revealed the gargoyle king in this episode. Nope. And, I, don't, uh, <laughs> I don't watch the promos purposely because I don't want to... I don't want to spoil what's going to be ahead. I want to experience it. It's a good we thing. Won't tell you, we won't tell you about the Barchi stuff that's in there. Yeah. And it's also, a- it's a good thing that you don't uh, host a Riverdale podcast. Okay, so uh, Josie and Archie will I bring... I co-host. You <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, nice. Way to put yourself <laughs> in the spot. Uh, Josie and Archie will break up next episode. Let's talk about that part. So uh, this is not to spoil it for you, Pete, but uh, Josie is going over to Katie Keene, the spinoff that does take place in the future. So technically she could be on both shows. But, she could be married to Archie. Yes. But Wait, she, you don't know that, that, that this is happening. What? You're guessing this is happening? Josie and Archie breaking yeah. up? Yeah. yeah, well, that's what I'm asking about. Is Josie and Archie are heading towards some sort of decision point next episode? Do you think they're going to break up? Uh, I hope they don't. I kind of really like them together. Also, somebody's got to keep this crazy kid in line. The dude is all over the place. And uh, last thing we should probably address before we move to another comment. Cheryl or Tony, do you think the farm is going to get either of them? Uh, Cheryl is going to take down the farm. When she was talking to Kevin, I got excited about this idea. Like at first I was like, I really want Dark Betty to take down the farm, but maybe Cheryl and Betty team up to take down the farm. Mm -hmm. I think that would be amazing. I think that's literally in the description for the next episode is Cheryl and Betty team up to take down the farm and infiltrate it. But stop reading ahead. (laughs) No, this is my job. No, it's not. Yes. Your job is not to spoil things before they happen. Sure it is. Your job is to recap and talk about the things that have happened. Well. Only the past, never the future. Fair enough. Uh, This is from uh, Lauren says, did Veggie break up? And uh, as a John George, who is currently turning into our heckler, says, were they ever really together? And then she says, LOL, good point. Uh, What do you guys think about that? I know we talked about it a little bit, but did Veggie officially break up? It seems uh, like I still it. think there's something there. I think, yes, Reggie's definitely going to be looking his wounds from that confrontation. Uh, I mean, it all depends on Archie. If Archie gets back with Veronica, then Reggie's on the outs. But I don't think that's going to happen. Well, um, if Veronica is smart, she might like realize, hey, I was kind of mean to Reggie. I should really try to give this relationship a chance. And then if it doesn't work out, then they both can walk away. All right. Uh, moving over, uh, Ryan Hensela has a two-part tweet. 
He says, do you think Chonier broke it up uh, or do you think they're just taking a break? And when do you think they will make up? Do you think they will go to prom together? Also, do you think Tony will sing a solo song in the musical episode? Because Vanessa has such a great voice. Also, I was wondering if you guys think Cheryl will go too far in the musical episode and hurt Tony's feelings because I feel like she will. Uh, starting with the last one, uh, whatever happened to Cheryl is going to go too far. I think that's exactly. safe to say. Too far is where Cheryl starts. <laughs> I hope uh, they can work it out because they're an amazing couple. Yeah. I, I mean, as we talked about, I mean, my take on it, this is just my take, and I'm sure we're going to get more clarity in the next episode, is Cheryl is going to act as if they're broken up, but Tony probably, because she's been in relationships, and I don't think Cheryl has actually been in a relationship, Tony is like, oh, okay, is probably going to be like, well, we were cooling down. You know, I just moved out. We didn't break up or anything. But Cheryl's like, we're done, scorched earth. That's it. Oh, man. We were on a break. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we were and on I a think, break. I think. Um, yeah, it's a cool reference, guys. Thank you. If Cheryl ends up going to the farm, I think Tony and the Pretty Poisons will be uh, part of the team that goes and rescues her. Now, I know, according to Pete's weird new rules, we're not allowed to talk about the future, uh, but he yep. also uh, wants to know if they're going to go to prom together. It looks like, I believe, this is going to be the 20th episode. Uh, Roberto Casa teased that they are shooting the prom, and everybody's very excited about it. Uh, do you think Shoney is going to be back together by the prom episode? I think it happens at the prom, and I think there's, uh, rather than a prom king and queen, they have two prom queens. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, this is from Alex Fletcher. It seems like Shoney is probably going to be broke up. Unfortunately, three crying faces. They're literally horrible at communicating with each other. Do you think Tony is going to go for peaches and cream? And who do you think Cheryl will hook up with after Shoney? Well, I hope none of that happens. I hope they work it out and stay together because they're amazing together. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of other uh, relationships that pop up, especially with Cheryl. Mm. Come on, man. I don't know. I I think what I get from this plot line so far is it's about the two of them. I don't think anybody else is going to come in the middle. Um, I think ultimately... They're not going to have a dalliance with anybody else. Peaches and Cream is kind of just there as Tony's second in command enforcer. And like you said, I think it is going to come to a head in the prom episode. I think we're going to have a super romantic reconciliation moment, or at least that's where I hope it goes. Well, I'm, I'm, Alex, I'm surprised you're not saying Veronica and, uh, and Tony because of Lopez. your song that you're so addicted to. Call Your Girlfriend by Robin. Yeah. One yeah. of the best artists yeah. of our time. Yeah. You've really dropped the title a lot, Alex. I mean, I have listened to it so many times this week, I think I'm going insane. I look forward to your cover of it. Call your girlfriend. Oh. No, I said, I, Alex, I said I look oh, forward to it. Oh, look forward to it. Okay. Of course, check out the bonus episode of our podcast where I sing uh, Robin's Call Your Girlfriend on a loop for 50 minutes. Yeah. Our musical episode will be <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Lopez. I think, like... I would be very interested if they made one of the core four characters bisexual. Uh, certainly there's, I don't know if it's actually a joke online or if people are serious about it, but they call Veronica a bisexual icon. Um, I think if there was going to be any character of Archie, Betty, Jughead, Veronica hooking up with somebody, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
I agree with that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I um, also agree with that. Uh, this is from Joe Brogal, 87. Where do you want to see Veronica's character go? Because her whole storyline has been frustrating for me this season. She's supposedly against what her father stands for, and yet she's slowly turning into him. This back and forth with her and Hiram, it's so old, I'm over it. Yeah, man, she's preaching the truth. I agree. Veronica's just been like having these just hard stories. It's all been just work for her and just like stress. Like I think Veronica needs to break out of that. Uh, I agree. I'd like to see some new story modes, and I feel like we're starting to get there. A lot of that would probably be about bringing the kids back to school, working in things like proms and typical school stuff. And that'll get SAT, us out of, yeah. ACT, college applications. Yeah, there was a point during this episode where Veronica's having one of the conversations with Dredgy, and she just gets annoyed and pulls out some liquor and pulls herself a glass. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking weird, 16 right? years old. You're not actually 24. I know Camilla just, Mendez is 24. You're not 24. Just pouring a drink. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. But I'm, I'm hoping maybe with the prom setting – that Reggie can uh, uh, and her can kind of maybe make some magic happen. Nice. This is from uh, Sam FIFA Brit. Where do you think the season is heading towards now? Last year, there was a distinct three-act structure, starting with the Black Hood, then Hiram's prison plans, then back to the Black Hood. This season, the middle section hasn't felt as compelling as the first third, when the G&G stuff was so unknown and mysterious. The fact that we've seen multiple people use the Gargoyle King costume cheapens that earlier stuff for me, and the Mrs. Jones storyline isn't really compelling to me either. What do you think about this and where the season is going? Well, Alex, you're the guy who breaks stuff up into thirds and halves <laughs> and stuff. So this is your question. Uh, weird, weird thing to say. I, I would say I don't totally agree with all of those storylines. I think there is a lot going on in Gorgol King. Um, I do really like what they're doing personally with Gladys Jones right now. But I think now that we're a couple of episodes in towards that last third of the season, the third act of the season. Um, I felt like we started in this crazy, insane place at the beginning of the season. And then it hit this middle where it was just an even amount of crazy where it, it was just a little too much. Like there was too much going on. It felt like we lost track of the characters, the whole gargoyle uh, Griffin's gargoyles. thing got too complicated with too many gargoyle kings. And uh, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, at least for me, these last three or four episodes ever since Bizarro Dale, where they've been focusing more on the characters, giving them time to breathe has been much more enjoyable. So I'm excited about where they're going for, uh, from here. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's all going to come to the crescendo soon. We're going to get so much stuff happening, big things happen. I mean, last season in the musical episode, we got uh, a, a major character death, so I feel like there's going to be some big swings this next episode. Yeah. Uh, do you think, on that note, do you think somebody's going to die next episode? Yeah, probably. Who do you well, think it is? Tough. I don't know. Um, I sort of, watching this episode, I sort of was thinking FP. Ooh. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. So that would be that would be fucked up. But I mean, it was just the way they shot him and the way that he was acting and feeling so sentimental. It it made a lot of sense to me. And in terms of the structure of giving Skeet Ulrich as an actor a emotionally rich episode before he gets killed off, that would make a lot of sense. Hope it doesn't happen, but. It makes sense. Uh, this is from Reg. I am very excited to see this Betty Jughead versus Gladys showdown. Their faces in that last scene were gold. Agreed. 
Yeah. Great. Uh, Brian yeah. Runyon, I hope Archie's Red Paladin storyline is finally over. Hope Cheryl lives, as I've heard theories she could be killed off. Uh, this is because what? this is because of the Heather storyline. Uh, her Heather character drinks, I believe it's actually like a blue poison drink, and dies. Yeah. Uh, but I think the the core four and Cheryl have plot armor on the show. They are never going to be killed off. Everybody else unsafe. Yeah. Cheryl's fine. I'm not worried about it. Agreed. Uh, Darby Bowl says this episode had the best character work for the entire season. FP and Jug bonding, Reggie growing a backbone, Tony reacting completely reasonably to Cheryl's attention-seeking antics, and overeager life trusses, and Betty hashtag all day, every day, taking your hair out of that ponytail. Uh, yeah, great stuff, right? Yeah. Cool. I'm working on the hashtag um, for Betty, all arch, every arch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to catch on. Get it trending, folks. Uh, Daniel Capital says, any chance Gladys Jones could be working with the Gargoyle King, especially if we believe Hermione might be the Gargoyle King. Has she made Gladys her lady in black? Ooh, what do you like think? That. I like that a lot. Yeah. Do you that think that's be... possible? I, I think know. it is she, possible. She did mention that he was the king, so I don't know if that was a nod to like she plays too. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I still feel like Gladys's thing is the drug grade thing, and it's a way of not killing time, but kind of give us an arc before whatever that final arc is with the Gargoyle King. But we'll see. She's the sub-boss. A uh, yeah. couple of other quick ones that we'll finish up. Uh, from Jen, I'm still a little bit teary about Phallus. How long till FP catches on to Gladys? I love Gladys, but not FP. I'm worried Alice will find comfort in the arms of Edgar, and I really hope this uh, Tony joining the farm business isn't true. There's only one group she belongs to, three serpent emojis. Uh, yeah, I hope Tony doesn't end up at the farm as well. Uh, what do you guys think about Alice falling into Chad Michael Murray's sexy arms? I mean, those arms are very sexually charged. But I, I do agree, based on this episode, that F Palace is strong. Uh, the feelings are there. Yeah. Uh, from Delilah, Sweet Pea could join the farm. Think about it. He was seriously in love with Josie after the whole breakup thing that happened. It was possible for Sweet Peas to still feel hurt since we found out that the farm preys on emotionally vulnerable people and the Heather's musical is secretly trying to get people to join the farm. Sweet Pea could also fall for that trick and end up joining the farm. What do you oh, think of that? I can't, I can't take any more people joining the farm. It's just so insane to me. Yeah, I think, my theory is, I think Sweet Pea is going to die, if anybody. What? Really? Yeah. Ant Fangs? They're sort nah, of not Fangs. Now. Fangs will be fine. I, if you're going to kill anybody, you should be Fangs. <laughs> why? Fangs why, is the bottom of the, people, he's the bottom of the totem pole. Oh, jeez. Uh, Sweet Pea is the new tall boy, so I don't know if you can kill him off. Uh, last couple of ones. This is from Ariana. Some observations. One, this uh, gif of Archie kind of sucks. It's the one of him giving a thumbs up to, thank you, sorry. Uh, uh, Betty, criticism. Yeah, to Betty and Jughead <laughs> are the only mature relationship in Riverdale. Three, the staff of Le Bondui needs a union. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely yeah, upcoming plot line. Uh, what do you think about Betty and Jughead are the only mature relationship in Riverdale? Hell, they're to too the mature. Game. They don't Hell's have any. Yeah. There's no chemistry there. Oh, what? That's insane. No. They're all they're chemistry. All, all they do is talk business. There's oh, no romance. You're ridiculous. That's the Where's best the kind romance? of relationship. 
That's what I was talking about earlier with Cheryl and Tony. It's Tony has to figure out in the front, party in the back. Yeah, Tony has to figure out how to manage Cheryl as her manager and make it work out appropriately. Same thing with Benny it's and Jackie. It's, it's business in the front, detective agency in the back, Pete. And there's no room for romance. <laughs> so there's a business there's in the front and a second business romance. in the back. All right, fair enough. Exactly. Uh, last couple of ones from Bailey. I'm excited. You to keep see saying them. last couple of ones, and then you do like 20 more, bro. We got a lot of <laughs> questions and comments. Well, so then don't great. tell me that the end is coming when it's not. All right. Uh, from Bailey, I'm excited to see the musical episode play out. There are truly so many ties and parallels that can be made. Only a hundred more questions. Don't worry about it, Pete. Uh, Made with the context of the songs in Riverdale. I think choosing this show in particular for the musical was spot on this time around. And do we think Shoney broke up or is headed for a breakup? There's definitely some trouble in paradise there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's trouble in paradise. There's definitely trouble in paradise. Hopefully they don't break up. But like you were saying, Cheryl thinks they're broken up. Tony doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, last thing, this is from Luana. T- this is literally the last one. From Luana Thomas. Uh, and then there's a hundred more. Uh, she says, oh, my God, the Bondui staff truly needs a union. Veronica is simultaneously <laughs> incompetent and heartless. Let's get some living wages and anti-sexual harassment policies for the pit boys, huh? <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. Here's what yeah. I want to see in the last couple of episodes of the season. I want to see them take Veronica the fuck down. Yeah. Oh. She's been taking advantage of her uh, her weight staff for far too long. Absolutely. Big plot line they're yeah, going to deal with. Yeah, it's really sad to see her be like her father. Before we wrap up, though, who is the MVP in the episode, guys? Who won the episode? Not just Betty or, or Veronica, but absolutely anybody. Justin, over to you. Um, I'm going to, um, go with Tony Topaz. Uh, she was, she was out there. She's trying to protect herself. She, she loves Cheryl, but Cheryl needs to get her shit together. Um, if this relationship is going to work, uh, Pete, what about you? All right. I got to say two. Okay. No, for, that's not how it works. First off, you know how MVP works? There's one. For, you know, sometimes no, it's like, there's coal MVPs. Yeah. It's like in the Super Bowl when both teams win the Super Bowl. Yep, exactly. Yep. Well, well said, Zelman. Thank you. Uh, I love sports. First off, Betty, all day, every day. Uh, but also, <laughs> I was really touched by FP in this episode and his acting and the moments that he got to have. I thought it was really beautiful. If it was Betty all day, every day, I don't think you'd say FP. So, so I think you just you just broke up again. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Gladys Jones. Gladys Jones is my MVP of the episode. Yeah, she finally figured out how to cook bacon, and that's a big deal. Oh, my God. So much stuff happened, and you go back to the shitty bacon. It's literally the only important thing that happened in this episode. Oh, my God. You're insane. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do the live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. That's totally free. Uh, We should mention, in particular, we're going to have a bunch of Archie Comics guests coming up over the next couple of weeks on our live show, including, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, next Tuesday, we are going to have Nicole Osto, who is the author of Riverdale Season 3 comic book. She also wrote Riverdale the day before the novel, as well as the Riverdale Get Out of Town novel that's coming out soon. So definitely lots of Riverdale talk there. Um, Definitely check out our full schedule at Comic Book Club live.com uh, to find out about all of our upcoming guests. Pete, what else do you want to plug? 
speaking of upcoming guests, uh, friend us on Facebook. Get, so you get to know about all of our guests that are on the show as well as go to the website. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live and Riverdale uh, and at Riverdale Dark. Yep. Uh, also, you can follow us on Instagram at Riverdale After, where he posts some Insta. Yeah, Insta, where we post some pictures every day. You should check that out. And we'll see you after dark. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 